Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 127. When she chose faith over fear, she had two babies in her 40s. Hey, ladies, I am so excited to be here with you this week and sharing this very special story from yet another one of my Fearlessly Fertile Method ladies. These ladies are freaking on fire. At the time of this recording, since July 1st, 2021, six of my Fearlessly Fertile Amazeballs Global Community Ladies has gotten pregnant. These ladies are absolutely on fire. And I want these stories to really speak to your heart because every single one of them, including Jessica that you're going to hear from today, really overcame incredible odds. And what you're going to love about Jessica's story is this is a woman whose story basically runs the gamut of saboteurs, folklore, and craziness that we can get into on this journey. Because you're going to hear that she had the audacity to hold out for the love of her life and therefore got married quote-unquote, later in life, whatever the hell that means, and that she also faced, you know, struggling with people telling her it was going to be hard when, in fact, she conceived quickly, but then began to struggle with building her family through repeated miscarriage, fears over having, uh, fears and judgments, actually, over having fertility support, wondering if she was greedy for wanting it all, and all kinds of mess that we can distract ourselves with. But Jessica's story is really a story of faith and triumph when you really dig your heels in and say, this is the life I want to live. This is what I came for, how it is possible to make your dream come true. This is priceless wisdom from a woman who chose to bet on herself, chose her faith over her fear, and made her dreams come true. Here's my conversation with Jessica. Can you believe we're having this conversation? No. (laughs) Yes and no. (laughs) I think everybody says that. Yes, there is a part of you that thinks I'm going to have a story someday, but I don't know if you ever think for sure that you're going to be able to talk to you. So, oh my gosh. Well, we're going to jump right in because I know you're busy with a baby and we got to conserve your time and your energy. So we'll use it wisely. So why don't you start us off, love, and tell the ladies listening, how the heck you found yourself on this journey? My husband and I met each other when I was 38 years old. I was almost 39. And I had always wanted a family. I I always saw myself having kids, but you know, the older you get, you're kind of like, well. (laughs) But anyway, I met my husband. We got married and I was 40 at the time. And he also wanted children. So got married at 40. And we were like, we're just going to see what happens. And so everybody who, you know, knew we wanted to have a family said, you just expect it to take a while. It just is going to take a while. So my mindset was like, it's going to take a while. And we got pregnant immediately. Like 
immediately. Very first month of marriage, first cycle. And I was shocked. I was like, it wasn't supposed to happen that fast. So we got pregnant with our son, Thomas, and um, he's healthy and beautiful. He's two and a half. And so in my heart, I really, I wanted more children. I just felt like there was, there was more and my family wasn't complete yet. And it was so easy the first time. I mean, why would it be at all an issue for me? And so I had to have a C-section with Thomas and they said, you need to wait a year before you start to conceive again. And so I was like, I don't know about that. But (laughs) so about eight, nine months later, my husband and I felt like it's time. We'll start trying again. And I think my expectation was it's going to happen immediately again. And it didn't. And so the first month I was like, oh, that's okay. I'm still nursing. And like, you know, it, it just might take a month or two. And then the second month went by and I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? And then the third month and then the fourth month. And I was just starting to get more panicked and more stressed and more focused. Like it was just a narrow focus on this one area of my life. And it was like, it started to become all consuming. So I, I I went to, I was a little bit more aggressive. I was like, well, you know, time is not on our side, really. I, I thought that at the time, but it's like, let's go get checked. We went to the fertility clinic. We got tested. Everything was normal for both of us. So it was like, you know, we just have to keep trying. And then I was like, well, you know, they were, they were really open about like, you might need IVF or some support from that. And I was like, well, there's a part of me that didn't think I really was going to need it. I was like, I don't think I'm going to need that, but okay, we'll consider it down the road. And then we kind of gave ourselves these timeline of like, if you're not pregnant by this date, then we'll consider it. So, so about, I want to say about a year went by during this of trying to conceive. And during this time we had tried, I think two IUIs that didn't work. Then in early March of last year, everything kind of shut down. So we had just really decided, okay, I think IVF is something worth a shot for us. But neither of our hearts were in it at that time. We were both kind of like bummed that we had, you know, come to that point. Like, really, is this what we're going to do? So COVID put a hold on everything. And then that later that month, I found out that I was pregnant. And I was like, oh, yay, I'm pregnant. Woo! But, you know, there's still that worry, I think, inside of every mom, like, you know, oh my gosh, is everything okay? And at this point, I'm 42. And, you know, so trucking along with this pregnancy. And at nine weeks, I started to bleed and had a miscarriage. And I was shocked. I was like, I I think there was a part of me that thought this doesn't happen to me. It happens to other people, you know? And um, I mean, that's just where my mind was at. So I was really sad about that, but I wasn't ready to give up. I was like, okay, So we got a little bit closer to what we thought was, you know, the fulfillment of this, of this dream to have more kids. And so I had to wait a little bit before trying again, but the very next cycle pregnant again. And I was like, amazed. I was like, okay, good. This is it because it doesn't happen to people twice. (laughs) Lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice, right? right? I was like, most people who have a miscarriage go on to have a healthy baby and that's what's going to happen. And I had another miscarriage. And so that's two um, in a row. That was two in a row. And then the very next cycle, I got pregnant again. And that by the third one, I remember seeing that pregnancy test and my heart sank. I was just like, it's positive. I was like, oh my gosh. So I was a little bit freaked out because of just, you know, this two in a row. And now this, this third one, so third pregnancy, but 
but I was, you know, again, I, I just knew in my heart that we were going to have expand our family and we were not done with, with kids. So this one, I had some early monitoring with m- just because of my history, early monitoring. And those two like six week and seven week ultrasounds had heart, the baby had a heartbeat and I was just so happy. And then I went to my nine week appointment and there was no heartbeat and I was devastated. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in a row. So it was just, not only was it the stress of the year before trying to conceive and then kind of like just the all consuming, like it was just everywhere. I I was, I was finding myself jealous of other people and just feeling all this shame about myself. And I, then I come to the point where I, I can get pregnant and I know I can get pregnant, but I can't necessarily carry these babies to term. And I was just I felt crushed, you know, from that. So um, I think I found you in your work about a year into, it was early last year. So March, April, your book popped up in my like Facebook feed. (laughs) And I remember like being really offended by the title. I was like, am I the reason I'm not getting pregnant? I was like, how dare she? (laughs) Yeah. Who is this crazy bitch that dares to? I mean, what is she thinking? But you know what? I was like, I've got to know more about this. I really am curious what, I don't think I had considered that during that whole time. Like really there could be something here. And as soon as I started to read the book, I was just like, oh my gosh, she just like articulated so much of what I feel like I've been through over the last year. And so I knew it was important. And then I started to listen to your podcasts and everything just kind of started flowing from there. What was interesting, Roseanne, is that I um, I remember putting in an application around that time, like April, to work with you. And I think we had exchanged a couple of emails, but I did not get your email to get on your calendar for an interview until the week after my third miscarriage. It was like the perfect timing for me to do this work with you more in depth. I have no doubt that it was the Lord's just divine timing for for this part of my journey. So yeah, it was like, I, I remember I got the email and I was just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. I was like, there's uh, hope, uh, I'm gonna be okay. <laughs> like, I know this is what I'm supposed to do next. I have no doubt that this is right for me, so. That just gives me goosebumps. Isn't it awesome? It was it just is... so, I so, so the Lord. Yeah, I'm like, when I think to myself about, how this works and how like, you know, because obviously when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Right. And sometimes this teacher appears in a bizarre way and sometimes in a very unusual way. But think about like when when I hear your you articulate this experience in your life, like it really when I think about where you were at that point, three miscarriages in a row can't get past nine weeks. Like I can't, like when I think about where you were then and then where you were when we spoke and where you are today, it is nothing short of a quantum leap, like a a quantum leap and transformation. Like it's very humbling as an observer to see that. So Mm -hmm. let's talk about that. Like, like when you you know, when we first spoke, you know, you, you already had read my book, you had been listening to the podcast, but tell these ladies listening, what was it about doing this work? Because you're an educated professional woman, you know, you also have strong faith, 
it could have been really easy for you to say, mm, I don't need all that. I don't need all that. That sounds like woo woo crazy stuff. Like what was the thing of like, that was yeah. awakened in you that brought you to this place? Sure. Well, I think the biggest thing for me was that I had lost my joy. I had lost, yeah, the joy in just living. And I felt stuck. You know, we rely on what we think we know. And a lot of times we just need the help of somebody else to come alongside us and really kind of, you know, pull back some of the blinders or the things that we can't necessarily see. And I knew that I was in this place where like, I just felt like I needed some additional support from, you know, from you and, and the work that you do to help me honestly, just start living again. That's, that's really what I, my goal was. <laughs> I was like, I just want to <laughs> live again. I want to have my joy back. I don't want to waste my days. Life is short, you know, and I have this two-year-old son who's awesome, but I'm, I'm just not, I'm not fully living the way that I want to. And I, I knew there was a piece that you had and the work that you were doing to, to help me just move past that. So, so really it was, that was my goal. And, and that's why I really felt like it was important for me at that time to, um, to do the work. So what an interesting thing though, because think about what a, a stroke of brilliance that was for you to know instinctively that you getting your life back when you're trying to conceive a new life was mm -hmm. important. Totally. And it's made all the difference just in the day to day. I mean, it's, it's far beyond fertility. It's far beyond trying to conceive. It's, it's truly about, I think, people discovering who they are really and, and being able to, to walk in something that, that, like you say, you're created to, but you might just need the tools to be able to, to live that out. Yeah. And so, you know, what was it like for you? Because the idea of being with this loud mouth, profanity dropping, pink haired woman who's saying, Jessica, is it a hell yes or a hell no? Like that could have been really scary. So what was it for you that got you to move beyond that fear and just go ahead and do this for yourself? I guess there was a part of me that knew that I needed that. I needed someone to be very direct with me and, and really not worry about hurting my feelings. <laughs> I think some of the things that, you know, if you would say that to somebody, you'd be like, excuse me. <laughs> but I think that's, that's where some of the best work comes is when you can be brutally honest with, with a person and, and, and actually in love, show them, wait a minute, I, I see this. I think you need to look at this. And, and so I just knew that there were pieces for me, again, because of this journey and feeling like I, I'm stuck. I cannot move myself past this place on my mm. own. You know what I mean? I just I knew totally I knew. needed I needed a shift. I needed something different. I needed to move past it. And it did feel like a quantum leap, the, all the work that we did and then what we ended up doing afterwards. So. Yeah. Well, and you, when you think about it, you also say to yourself, because it's really easy to get caught in that place of only thinking about where you are today, because you could have easily said, oh, I can't do that because what if I have to do another IUI or what if I have to do an IVF? Like, because sometimes people get really spun up about, well, I can't invest in this when I might have this, but you actually said, I'm doing it all. 
Yeah. Was that a quantum leap for you? Yes. Probably one of the biggest, quite <laughs> honestly. And, you know, being a person of, of faith, I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And there was still this part of me that was stuck in this. I mean, I know you refer to it as, as lack and scarcity, but it truly was a mindset of lack and scarcity. And I just want to share like my, one of my favorite scriptures now, <laughs> because it's what kind of was highlighted to me during the work that we did. And it still carries me till this day. In John 10, 10, Jesus says, I came that they might have life and have it in abundance and enjoy it. That's out of the amplified version. And I was like, that's really for me. I was meant to live. I was meant to enjoy my life and have it in abundance. There is no lack for me. Wow. I can have it all and I'm going to get it all. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing this. <laughs> so Ooh, I definitely felt that in my spirit. Like when you said that, I'm like, hmm. It's so powerful and it's on my vision board and I look at it every day because it, it's a reminder. You have to be reminded because it's really easy to get back into that limiting place where it's like, no, that's not for me. Well, it's like, no, you just, it, you really, it is discipline, but you know, I, John 10, 10, that's God's will for me. I was meant to live and have abundance and I'm going to. <laughs> so. Oh, and I love that. And, and you know, it's funny though, because when you live that way, you brought that energy to the work. So let's talk about the work because you were there every time. Yeah. You were there ready to go, having done your work. Like, let's talk about some of the changes that you saw in yourself. So talk to me about like, what were some of the things okay. that you really saw changing in you? I really felt that that victim mentality was, was just breaking. I would have never said that I felt like a victim, but I stopped feeling like a victim even after all of that hardship. And yes, there's a point, there's a place for grieving and working through all of that. And I really tried to let myself do that as much as I could. But I was like, I'm not a victim. And I also really felt like, you know, the, the power is within me to choose. And I don't know that really people believe that. You get a choice on this journey. And you kept reinforcing that for me over and over. Like it is, it's a choice. What do you choose, Jessica? You kept asking me, what do you choose? And I was like, no, wait, this is a choice. I do get to change. So I really saw myself exercising the change in the mindset, the choice, like changing the channel. I remember that was one of the tools you gave us. I was like, I saw I had to do that a lot, you know, <laughs> change the <laughs> channel. But the biggest thing I think, and this is just like, till this day, what I do is that, that gratitude. I started to be thankful for every single thing that I had. It's probably one of the most powerful things that I think you can teach that you taught us or that you taught me that the, the abundance that was already there that I was just so blind to because I was, I was just seeing one part of my life. And I, when I did that, it was just like every day, the lists of gratitude that I could write out, like, thank you, God, that I'm up this morning and that my son woke up and that my husband woke up and that I'm married to this amazing man. And I have this career that I love. And even the small things, like if a shirt that I wanted to buy was on sale, like just celebrating the smallest things that seemed small, but like they, they were just all miracles. They were, and that is just, I think that carried me really far. And then the last thing I'll share, which I also do is I celebrate early. <laughs> so like I get really hyped up, you know, that you, 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 you taught us about um, the living really amped and like, you know, excited and just high vibe. I think that's what you term it. But I was like, yes, that is the key 
to walking it out is like to really just get really excited about the phone call that you're going to get or the test that you're going to get or the ultrasound that you're going to or or any of those kinds of big things that like could produce fear for me I sing in my head and I really like to celebrate early. I see myself dancing and kind of doing that Rocky, you know, like I'm going to get this. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and that was really a very, it was very visible. It was very visible because, you know, you, I, I could tell that the, the hamster was going, you know, on the wheel in there, you know, oh, and, yeah. it was, and it was so good to watch that transformation and also to see you interacting with other high vibe women that really got it. Yeah. Because it's so hard to change mindset in a vacuum. Sure. And and I remember like just the group of women that you had around you because all, you know, I, I think all my ladies are very special. Mm-hmm. But but it's always funny to for me to watch that interaction and and you really took that and ran with it. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, what was next for you? Like so you do the program. Mm-hmm. Anything else change in your life? Yeah. Well, so this is really critical to, I think, the work that what happened later, but the work that you and I did was I just was really struggling with the concept of IVF. And you helped me so much with uncovering the blocks that I know would have been there <laughs> if, I did, if I hadn't have done your program before pursuing that. So my husband and I, had really reached a point where we're like, we're ready to try something different. I knew in my heart, I want to try something different. If anything else, it's just to know that we've tried. So we we did pursue um, IVF. And I I think I started the process during our our sessions with the the, you know, the the meds and all of that. But you your counsel was was so important for me because you just uncovered this big pile of shame, really, and judgment towards IVF. I remember telling you, I used to feel sorry for people who had to do that. And how could I be one of those women that needs this to have a baby? You know, my first one came so easily. Why would I need this? And I, I really, like, I was so humbled by being able to see that. And just like, you shifted everything by saying, you need to get excited about this opportunity. You, When your meds come, you open that box like it's fucking Christmas day. And I was like, I would have never done that without you telling me to do that. I would have totally been like, oh no, look at all this stuff I have to do, these shots. And I would have, I would have resented it, I think. And I probably would have not had the outcome that, that I did. But everything with that, because I was celebrating and I really believe I was celebrating. I was, I was grateful for every single bit of it, every injection, everything like that was helping me get closer to my dream. Even if this didn't turn out the way that we had hoped, it was still progress and steps in the right direction. And I could see that at that point. I really could. So yeah, we, the whole process went exceptionally well for, for us. I mean, I really didn't know what to expect, but but it it did. And we were blessed with two healthy embryos and yeah, and the, the the transfer, our first transfer was successful. And so I'm 14 and a half weeks long. I'll throw that half in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah with a little girl, which is what I wanted. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, it's just, it was it was huge for my journey to be able to see that. You helped me see that. I would have never seen that on my own. That, that was a huge block. And for this, I believe, 
I don't even want to know what it would have been like if I hadn't have done your program before getting there that um, I don't know if it would have been the same outcome with IVF. So, well, yeah. and think about it. Like, I really want you to take a minute to take some really important credit because you moved a monolith in your mind because you went from being in a place where you felt sorry for someone. You, you found the story that you had this incredible judgment against having support yeah. to help you have this baby. So you identify that block and you're like, I'm not going to let this shit stand in the way. If, if, <laughs> if this is how my baby's going to come, if this is the way God universe source wants me to come in, like to have this child, I'm not going to block it. Exactly. And think about like you're pregnant with your daughter because you move past that block. I, I firmly believe that. I feel like it was such a gift to us. This, this technology, this ability to be able to get the support that we clearly needed to be able to, you know, expand our family. And, and I was, my heart was definitely in a place of, you know, no, that's not for me. I don't need it. I can do it on my own. But um, I think just with the journey and how it played out, I just saw it as, man, what an amazing blessing. And my respect for women who do IVF is like through the roof. That is no joke. Yeah, <laughs> There's well, a lot involved to, you know, and so my, yeah, it's just changed a lot of, of the way that I view everything with, with fertility. So. And think about the self-acceptance that you had to find in order to receive that, because that was huge for you as well. It was. And, you know, like I said, just that, that shame, I think, and like removing that from my life, like, and even with not just the, you know, meeting IVF or pursuing IVF, but just with, with the whole journey of this, you know, of fertility being delayed is what I like to say. <laughs> you know? Yeah, look at you. I mean, because, you know, you're, you're, you were 42 when you had your third miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And when you give birth to your daughter, you will be 44. Damn. Yeah. I mean, like, isn't that just gorgeous? It's amazing. It's, and I, it, it's crazy. I, the stories we, we set up. Yeah, it is. And I think, I think, you know, that's another block that gets removed when you do this work is that it doesn't matter how old you are, because honestly, we have another healthy embryo and we're planning to have, have that baby. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, oh my gosh. no, he, my, my husband said, it's the child we would have never had. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> but I think that feels right. That feels complete. So I, you know, like I, I don't, I don't, um, I, age is just merely a factor and it, it, it's, it is, is something to consider, but it, it really, it can happen. You know? Right. And you certainly didn't allow yourself to be confined by that. And no. I think there's another really interesting point too, is that you didn't, get into the victim story that you want too much. Yes. Yeah. I love that about you too, because you could have easily shrunk back and said, well, I already have a son or, you know, well, you know, you could have told that completely low vibe story, but there was something in you that said, no, I want right. more. That's right. And here it is in the Bible. For me, like, I was like, this is biblical. I'm supposed to have it all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, I love that you take that stand because you're also going to be able to teach that to your children. Yeah. Wow. And, and yeah. that's crazy because you, so 
you completed the program or were, and then you did your transfer. Mm-hmm. So, I did, yep. It, so it was a matter of weeks or months. Well, so we did, uh, we did the retrieval, I think around the time it was around the time that we, we wrapped up our, our, my That's eight right. week session. That's right. And then there's a waiting period for yeah. like all the testing and all of that stuff to come yeah. back. So we transferred in early February. So it was a couple of months afterwards, yeah. but but all the while, because in that whole process, you're waiting for phone calls from doctors to tell you, you know, the results of all these things. And I just was like, no, this is going to work. <laughs> I know. Well, so you're a woman that made good on this. You're like, I'm going to do this. Yeah. In the next 12 months. And you did it. You became the woman that did it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But it's like, it's, I mean, my vision board has all of that stuff on it, you know? Think and no and, wonder. And act like a woman who believes or a woman who, who succeeds is what I meant to say. And I was just like, yes, this is for me. And I just kept, I kept reinforcing those messages like, you know, oh, and I also read um, the book, The Great Leap. No. The Big Leap. The Big Leap. Yes. Yeah. Gave that I really yeah. appreciated as well because just to reinforce it. And, and then some of those books that you and I talked about, yeah. reading, you know, Joyce Meyer and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, just kept, kept feeding it and just really trying to remind myself every day, this is, this is what is meant for you and just keep going. I have to write it every day or often keep going, <laughs> keep, going. keep going. Wow. Yeah, so don't stop. Keep going, keep going. <laughs> wow. So what would you want women listening to know? Like, you know, think about your, I mean, this entire experience is just so miraculous and it's such a beautiful one not only what you created for yourself, but who you became and are becoming, what you're going to teach the family, what you're, how you're going to lead the family, you know, so many things. So what would you say to a woman who maybe had, you know, has had a history of failure and just maybe doesn't trust herself or is too afraid that this is not for her or this is woo-woo nonsense or all of the other ways that, you know, we can create blocks or we can mm-hmm. listen to, to voices that are not, you know, ones we should be listening to. What would you say? I would certainly say that it is for you to, to have this. And it was created for all of us. I feel like to, if you've lost your joy, if you, you've stopped living, <laughs> if you feel like you can only see this one area of your life, it's really, I think, you'd be doing yourself a huge favor by looking at the mindset piece for yourself on the journey. And if anything resonates with you about what Roseanne says or what you hear on podcasts, that it's probably calling for you. It's probably like reaching out for you. And that, you know, we're all on the same playing field. Everybody has an equal shot at at this, you know? So that's what's nice about it is it really does level the playing field. And the choice is yours. You get to make the choice. So yeah, I love that. Such a, a really great, you know, emphasis on free will is like, you know, we have a choice in any given moment. You are powerful in yeah. in affecting your outcomes. And it's, you know, thank you so much, Jessica, for sharing that because it it's truly through story that we can share, you know, and resonate with other people because yeah. obviously, you know, the generosity with which you're sharing your story is only going to help another woman for whom this resonates find her way as well. So, you know, I, I see this as an act of gratitude. And, and it's, I mean, 
we're also celebrating that you're having your baby girl, the, yeah. your daughter that you've always wanted. You know, that's that's quite a blessing, but it's also just so fantastic to be in the space of another woman who dared to say hell yes. So thank you for that, Jessica. Well, thank you for just all the work that you do. It's it's truly just such a blessing and it's an honor to to be to be here. So Yeah. The feeling is mutual, woman. <laughs> Loves didn't Jessica's story just like, oh, just go straight to your heart, make you want to say, yes, I can do it too. I certainly hope that it does. And every time these generous women from the Fearlessly Fertile Method community are sharing with you, they are looking to light the way. So you too can see that, look, when I really commit to my vision for my life, I do the work, I get my mind and body working together, anything is possible for me. And it is, my loves. And look, there are roughly 22 weeks left in the year. You, from where you sit today, get to make a decision about how you use them. And if you want to use eight of those to learn what I taught Jessica in my Fearlessly Fertile Method program, my program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months, just like Jessica did, and say hell yes to covering their bases, mind and body. I work with women just like Jessica who are committed to success. They're not playing games and they're moving past their excuses. To apply for an interview for this program, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for an interview there. My methodology has helped women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results speak for themselves. Every woman you've heard since the inception of this podcast had the guts to ask for help. It might be time for you to do the same. Women in my community love their vision for motherhood more than their fear and again, their excuses. That's right. And if you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, baby, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success so you don't look back on this journey with regret. Just imagine where you could be a year from now when you get your mind and body working together. Till next time change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.